Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to second something Jeff was saying. I came to the bilingual worship service last night. We're going to do them every six months. I missed the first one. And my expectations were like, this could be good. And wow. We were supposed to worship for 40 minutes. We worshiped for an hour. We blew the lid off the place. I had a message that I thought was fine. The power of God came because God is doing a really special thing through our Spanish-speaking and white American churches becoming unified in our diversity. And God is on this thing. And so when the next one comes around six months from now, do not miss it. Come. It is worth your time. It is a thing God is doing. So I'm Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. Today, we are starting a new series. What we've been doing this year is preaching through a Bible reading plan, and we're going to return to that in six weeks. But for the next month and a half, we're going to be preaching from the Psalms. Psalms is a book of prayer songs that are meant to be sung together communally. And for over 2,000 years, people all over the world, Christian and Jewish, have learned to pray using the Psalms. I'm actually taking a class in Psalms in seminary this semester, my last semester of seminary. I get to graduate in June. And uh, we've been diving into the different kind of Psalms and how they help us understand God and our world and relate to God in our world today. I've been very impressed with how much wisdom there is in the Psalms. Wisdom in the world of the Bible is the ability to make good choices over the long haul. Wisdom is what helps us do well and keep our faith and experience good life. And as a preaching team, we were discussing and praying about a series that would help us through a hopefully post-COVID world. And we felt like a series that would help people make it through the challenges of life would be especially worthwhile right now. Anybody facing challenges of life around here? One of the major concepts in the Easter sermon last week is that God wants to help you. And one of the ways God does this is through the Bible. And so each week, members of our preaching team are going to be choosing from different psalms in the hopes of helping you make it through everything that you are facing. I get to start our series, and I'm going to walk us through a psalm that I consider my life passage. It is a prayer of testimony and praise and a cry for help all wrapped up into one. And I'm going to start today by reading all 17 verses. This is a longer reading than you might be used to, and it'll be on the screen behind me if you're more visual. The Psalms are meant to be experienced all together, and I want you to experience that at least once today. And so I'm going to share that with you that way, and then we're going to take it apart piece by piece, and you'll recognize the pieces as we go through them, because you will have just heard them. If you like, you can just close your eyes and experience this as a prayer. You can say amen at the end. So Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. 
You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you've made me listen, I finally understand you don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come, as is written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, O my God, for my, your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me, for troubles surround me. Too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord. Help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame. For they say, aha, we've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great! As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. Amen. 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 May God bring us the help and salvation we need today without delay. So what I'd like to do next is kind of walk us through stanza by stanza. A stanza is a few verses of song or poetry that are meant to go together, and much of the psalms, including this one, is sung poetry. And so I'm going to start with verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read them again. You just heard them, but yes, you are hearing them a second time. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Now, these words might sound familiar. There's a little rock band called U2 that has a song called 40 that is just these words, and they sing it at the close of every concert for like the 400 years that U2 has been touring. And so if you want to hear a really great song, sing a new song, you want to hear a really great version of 40, uh, tune in. Um, even if you don't like U2, this is a really well-done song. I've been to one of their concerts in like 1985 or something like that, and uh, it was a really nice close to a show. So these verses show us one of the tools that God gives all of us to survive the hard times we face. No matter how hard things get, and as you heard from later in the psalm, they're really rough for the psalmist right now. No matter how hard things get, we still have our memories of what God has done for us. One of the ways that we make it through challenges in the present is by remembering blessings in the past. And so I want to ask you, think for a second, has God ever rescued you in some way? 
Would you be willing to stick your hand up if that is the case? Wow. Turns out people who go to church got a lot of rescue going on. The reason I ask you to raise your hands is because sometimes when we're surrounded by our own troubles and sins too high to see past, it helps to know that other people have been rescued, and it gives us some hope. And I want you to know people stuck up their hands not because you're not ever going to get this, because God actually plans to rescue you. God is a God of rescue. And you're going to be able to stick your hand up someday too, even if you're right in the middle of it right now. God has sure rescued me. I shared about it a little last week, how God saved me from addiction and depression for 14 years and suicide. And so I really identify with the opener here waiting patiently on God and God lifting us out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. And I love that it says, God, give me a new song. God gave me a new song, a hymn of praise. One of the most frequent lines in the Psalms is, sing a new song. I love that line. I was just reading this week, social scientists have discovered that listening to music can help us heal. Duh. Right? Like, who knew that? I mean, obviously, right? Listening to music we like and appreciate can actually help us feel better and even physically do better. And unsurprisingly, God loves for us to sing new songs. Sometimes people ask, like, why do you guys sing all these songs that aren't on the radio, and why do you guys change the songs so often? And that's because that's what God actually wants us to do. God wants us to write new songs about the new thing God is doing, whatever it might be, or to sing them in a new way that celebrates what God is doing and has done. And when we sing songs, we can remember what God has done. When we sing songs, we can remember the good things God's done in the past. They help us remember the past, but we do not want to get stuck in the past. That's why we are continually invited to sing a new song. We don't make everything about what was because God is right with us in the present and God is still doing stuff today. I love those short stories you can share, like a thing God has been doing in your life. Those are the kinds of things God is still doing today. God has a new song for you. God has rescue and a new song for you. God has these things for everyone who puts their trust in God. And God even breaks through occasionally and does miracles for people who are not trusting in God. And so you can pray for these things to happen like the psalmist does. And you can ask us to pray with you for the people you want to see God break through to, no matter who they may be on your connection card. We would love to be praying for them. The result of this rescue in this portion of the song is that people will put their trust in the Lord. And this is one of the ways we can actually help each other in the community of faith, by sharing our stories of God rescuing us through words and songs other people who are in that place of being overwhelmed, of being surrounded, can have a little bit more hope that God will help them make it through. Verses 4 and 5 continue, Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Remember all those hands in the air? Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. What we have here is the psalmist praising God. And it is amazing how often praise is counterintuitively helpful when we are in a hard time. I don't know about you, when I am stuck in a hard time, it is very tempting to focus on me and my hard time. This is one of my character flaws. I get more selfish when things get hard. 
And so there's this temptation to think about and to make all my prayers about me, 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 God help me. And that is actually a good prayer, as we will see. But there is another level that can lead to even greater hope, and that is praise. Philippians 2 says, pray about all things and do this in two ways. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Right in the middle of our need, Praising God for God's character and God's actions can help lift us out of the death spiral that we are stuck in. When I am miserable and all I think about is me who's miserable, where is that going to spiral? My hand is not going up. I am stuck in problems and all I'm thinking about is my problems. When we are stuck in our problems and we turn our eyes to God, we turn our minds and our hearts to God's goodness, God's faithfulness, the good things God has done for us and for other people, it can help lift us out of the death spiral of self-focused need and depression. And so I want to encourage you right now, think of one thing you are thankful to God for. If you're having a particularly hard time, think of someone that you have loved or who has loved you. God, I just want to offer you a praise of thanks and gratitude for everything we have on our minds right now. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we are grateful for the good things that you have done. And I especially thank you for the good you've done for those in our community who are overwhelmed, who are facing trials and troubles. I thank you that you have already done good. We lift these things up to you in gratitude, God. Amen. Let's move forward with verses 6 to 8. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you've made me listen, I finally understand you don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Now, this passage is a little bit more complicated. It is actually super radical. So much of the early books of the Bible is about sacrifices and offerings we can offer to God in tons of detail with a lot of requirements and ceremonial laws way beyond what you would believe if you have not read them. If you ever tried to read the Bible from cover to cover and you died about five books in, this is where it happened, okay? I've read through all these things, but wow, there's a lot. What the psalmist is saying here is pretty radical. It is not doing those things that delight God, delights God. Those things are not actually what God is ultimately looking for. What God is looking for is people who will follow God's voice. This is, to me, one of the most important ways that we can make it through for the long haul. So often when we're stuck in a bad situation, we cannot see past our problems. It's like we're in a valley, a low place, and we're surrounded by these mountains of problems everywhere we turn, and they blot out the sun. We have no light. We cannot see very far. God is able to see. God is above our problems. He can see the path. He can see what's past them. God knows way better than we do what's going on when we feel stuck. And good news God loves you. God's heart for you is patient and kind because love is patient, love is kind, and God is love. 
God believes in you and God trusts you because love believes all things and love trusts all things and God is love. That's what the Bible says. And so one of the best prayers that you can ever pray in a hard time is, God, what would you have me do? Now, I'll tell you the prayer I get stuck on. God, why is this happening to me? Has anybody ever had an answer to that one? I still pray it. I'm going to the next time I'm overwhelmed. God, why is this happening to me? And you know what I hear when I pray that? That's what I hear when I pray that. For some reason, why does not seem to be a successful prayer to me. But so often when I pray, God, is there anything you would have me do? Many times I have experienced God giving me direction. When we are open to God's leading in humility in the middle of our problems, God can communicate with us in a way we understand. And he can communicate very often through giving us some step to take. And it is amazing how often to me the step God would have me take seems completely irrelevant or even counterintuitive to my problems. I remember one time I was crushingly overbusy when I started ministry. I was working full-time at the University of St. Thomas in web systems support. I was spending 20 hours a week in Vineyard Leadership Institute. I was employed quarter-time as a youth pastor. I was serving on three or four teams with the church, and I was dying. And for the record, we don't want anyone to do this. That's not actually what we are about. We would like everyone to serve in one way and say no to everything else unless you pray and God says do something else, and then go ahead and do two things. If you're retired, you can do three, okay? But like, keep it short, all right? So I went on a retreat of silence at a hermitage called Pachaman Terrace, and I wrote down 40 things I was doing at least monthly. And I prayed and I said, God, which of these things would you have me give up? And God said, turn the paper over. And so I did. And God said, write down exercise and read the Bible. And I turned the paper back over and said, no, God, you're not listening. I have 40 things I'm doing, and I don't have time for them. I certainly can't add anything to the list. And God said, turn the piece of paper over and write down exercise and read the Bible and start doing those things. And super ironically, I started doing those things, and I suddenly had time for the other things. Now, this is not a sermon about exercise and read the Bible. What God tells me is not what God's telling you right now, right? Unless it's in the Bible, maybe, right? But, like, you can trust the voice of God. And a lot of times the direction we get is not the direction we're looking for, but God's just waiting for you to be open for God's direction. Because what God actually takes joy in is people who do the will of God. God has will for you. It says God's plans for us are too many to list. And so pray and ask God, God, what are your plans for me? What would you have me do? And then trust God to speak to you in some way. Look around after you ask and wait, and God can eventually break through to you. It's not your fault if you can't hear. God's able to do that. So often, God's willing to lead us when we're willing to hear. And so ask God to direct your steps. Let's go to verses 9 and 10. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. And I'm going to go off script now. Uh, the message I preached last night, I thought about ditching uh, today's sermon and just preaching last night's sermon. But then I remembered that we have slides and a plan, 
And I remembered that my girlfriend actually makes the slides, and I didn't want to call her at 6 in the morning and ask her to make new ones, because that would not go well. And so, last night I spoke on the justice of God in one way that I think is super important for us to hear, and God really fell on it, and I really wanted everybody in our church to hear it today. The number one command of Scripture is do not worship idols. Just in terms of how often is it said, do not worship idols is number one. The number two command of Scripture is love and welcome foreigners and immigrants. If you read the Bible and you want to be a biblical person, love and welcome foreigners and immigrants because it is the command of God and your life will be so much richer for it. You'll experience better food. You'll build relationships you couldn't have. You'll learn more about the character of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a refugee in Egypt fleeing from unjust laws. Every one of us in this room, except my at least one native friend who is here this morning, was a foreigner or an immigrant in our family tree at some point. It is the heart of God to love and welcome foreigners and immigrants. And I think this is a huge part of why God is all over lavinas and vineyards worshiping together. It's because it's an expression of the heart of God. All right, back on topic. Often in the Psalms, people make a kind of bargain with God. It happens all over the Psalms. They pray, God, if you help me, I will let everybody know. And I think this is a real improved foxhole prayer. A foxhole prayer comes from like a soldier in battle, hunkered down in a foxhole, and the bullets are flying, and he prays, oh, God, save my life, and I will be good. That's a foxhole prayer. My friends who are addicts, myself included, many of us have prayed this prayer. I get myself into some incredibly stupid addict situation, and I cry out to God, who I normally am not talking to, and I say, God, if you give me what I want right now, I'll quit drugs, I promise. And that never worked out. A lot of times, foxhole prayers get forgotten in the morning. This prayer here is similar to a foxhole prayer in that it's making a bargain with God. But the prayer isn't, God, I'm suddenly going to do the good I've been unable to do. It's saying, God, if you save me, I'll tell people it was you. I think that's a way better prayer because we're actually capable of doing it. God loves everybody. Everybody you've ever met, everybody you've ever known, and you. And when we share the good God has done, we are inviting people into a relationship with God. And God has a vested interest in the good news getting out. In the creation story of the Bible, the first thing the serpent does is tempt Adam and Eve to question God's goodness. And that is what the enemy of God is doing all the time to everybody. When we share the good news, God did a thing, and it was really good for me. People have a chance to see who God actually is. They have a chance to enter into a loving connection with the God who we are designed to be connected to through gratitude at God's good work. Verse 11 and 12 continue. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me, for troubles surround me. Too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Who has too many troubles to count today? Would you be willing to stick your hand up if that's where you are? I love you and I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. We always have people in this season of life in this community where our present troubles are overwhelming. A hundred percent of the time we have people on the verge of losing their housing, going through a divorce, losing their closest loved ones, children doing things that make our hearts break. And at the same time, of course, our sins outnumber the hairs on our head. The Bible has two words for sin. One is the bad things that you do, and hopefully that does not outnumber your head today. But the other one is everything you do that falls short of perfect. And that outnumbers the hairs on your head. That's 99% of the time for me, if I'm being generous. And so we have these two things that are weighing us down. We have our troubles, and we have our own shortcomings and failures, and sometimes they're connected. But the psalmist says... God's love is unfailing. God is faithful even when our sins are piled up so high that we cannot see over them. God has tender mercy for the psalmist. God has tender mercy for you. And we do too. As a church, if you are surrounded by troubles and sins, I'm sorry. May God have mercy on your soul. May God's people as well. And so the psalmist cries out to God for the help that they need and more. Verse 13, please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, aha, we've got him now. So the founder of the vineyard, John Wimber, said there are two prayers God always answers, and one of them is one word, help. God actually wants to help you. We're taught in the Psalms to pray for personal rescue. We learn from the Psalms that we can cry out to God to save us. God, come help us. Come save those of us who are facing trials and troubles and the circumstances of our own making. And then the psalmist does something here that might feel weird to some of you. The psalmist prays for their enemies to be humiliated, shamed, and disgraced. Some of you are fine doing that. I'm not talking to you right now, right? We're praying for our enemies to be horrified. What do we do with that? As Christians, we know Jesus taught us to love and pray for our enemies, not to smite them, but to bless them. The New Testament offers some insight that I think helps us to pray these prayers, if that's hard for you. Ephesians 6.12 says, Our fight is not ever against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers of evil. And there are people in our lives who are sometimes acting as agents of evil in our lives. And what the Bible says is not to fight them, but to fight the evil that motivates them. And so I have no trouble praying these prayers against spiritual evil. May God cause all evil to be turned away in shame, to be horrified at its disgrace, to be cast out of our community. Uh, even the most peace-loving people I know have told me that praying these prayers in the Psalms, they're called imprecatory prayers, prayers of like, almost literally, God dang you, right? right? Uh, praying these prayers can be super helpful. In bringing them to God, we're letting God take the action. We're releasing our feelings of anger and vengeance and trusting that God will do something better with them than we would. The psalmist closes today's passage with prayers for both community and personal blessing. 
Verse 16, but may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. Now, I like the combined dual prayers here. First, may God Bless all who search, filling them with joy and gladness in Christ. You are searching. You came to church today. Way to go. The psalmist in Scripture is praying for you. May you experience joy and gladness in God. I hope that in some measure when you come on Sundays or on our worship nights or whenever, that you find some level of joy and gladness in God. That's our hope and our prayer for you. And may those of us who experience salvation make God's name famous as well. May we be ready to praise the greatness of the God who has saved us. Just give God the credit, right? You might not be capable of telling some friend who you don't know their faith background the story of Jesus Christ over lunch on a business day, but you're probably capable of telling a friend, hey, an awesome thing happened. I actually prayed about it and felt like God did a thing. And the psalmist closes with a last plea, God, keep me in your thoughts and do not delay. Does anyone ever feel like God is slow? Have you ever experienced like God is slow? I have experienced God is slow and so does the psalmist. And what are we taught to pray when that's what we experience? It's okay to pray, God, would you please hurry up? It's repeatedly in just this psalm and it's in the psalms a lot more places than just this place. It is fine for us to have a limited time span and not be all super eternal right now and to ask God, would you please hurry? You don't need to feel bad for asking God to come to your rescue quickly. God's plan is to help you through the long haul through passages like Psalm 40. And God encourages us to make it through the long haul. Remember your God stories. Praise God, even when your sins and troubles are too high for you to see past. Give the glory to God. Those are three ways that God has given you to help make it through. I want to invite you to stand as you're able and the worship team can come back forward. We'll close with worship and prayer, which are the most important things you can do when you come to church on a Sunday. I have three tips for you, something to read, something to pray, and something to do to put the Word of God into practice this week. Tip number one is read Psalm 40. For bonus points, Google U2 40 and then listen to Psalm 40 as you read Psalm 40. It's a pretty prayerful song. Tip number two, pray your thankfulness and your needs. You might normally only pray one of those two. The Bible actually commands us to pray both of them. And so take some time this week. Think about what you're thankful for. Think about what you need God's help with. Pray them both. That's what the Psalms teach us to do. And tip number three, this is the extra special bonus points one. Tell a person, literally anyone in the world, about something God did for you in any way that you can manage to get it out there. Maybe you just post it on Facebook. Maybe you share it with someone that you know. Christian or not Christian, knows Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, whatever it is, tell someone about a good thing God has done for you. You don't need to turn it into some long story if that's too embarrassing, but you can share the good that God has done. Um, as we close with worship and prayer, we have people who would love to pray for you. If you're on the prayer team, would you please come up here? It would be really nice to have someone on each side of the room today. Thank you. Super appreciate you guys. Um, 
The Bible says the earnest prayer of a righteous person availeth much, and I memorize it in the King James, so I will explain. It means that for some reason, God has chosen us praying for each other to matter and to change the world. And God wants to change your world. God wants to rescue you. God wants to give you a new song. And so we'll pray anything in the world for you. These people have been trained to pray like blessing and good things for you. We'll pray for anything you ask. But I thought of two things you might especially need prayer for today. Number one is if your troubles or your sins are so high you cannot see past them, please come and get prayer today. God can and God has something for you. Come and receive prayer today. And then number two, felt like we have people who want to share God's goodness but feel like you don't know how, feel like you won't do it right, feel like it's too hard. And I want you to know there's spiritual battle around making God's goodness known. There always is. And God wants to help some of us today overcome that fear. You don't have to be afraid of saying, this amazing thing happened after I prayed for it. That's not wrong. There's no reason not to do that. Not been experiencing freedom to do the good thing or share the good thing God has, come and receive prayer today. Uh, if my microphone allows, I'm going to close us in prayer as we transition into worship. Um, God, thank you so much for all the gratitude that we are able to remember when we turn our attention to your work in our lives. And right now, God, we have people overwhelmed and surrounded by troubles and sins who cannot see past it. And we ask, God, would you quickly come in rescue? Would you lift our brothers and sisters here, our brothers and sisters in our lives outside this place? Would you lift us out of the pit of despair? Would you make our footsteps firm again? And God, we pray that you would make your name famous and we offer ourselves in your service to do that. Give us the faith to overcome fear and tell the truth when you do a good thing. Help us just to be honest about the truth with our friends, God. May God bless you with joy and gladness as you search for God today. The worship team will let us know.